Episode 278, The Rant, Cordell Davis, Part 2, The Return. Right before the pandemic, I spoke to one Cordell. Over 100 episodes later, things done changed. In this pod, we catch up about that change, his experience refereeing underground, staying busy owning a home, and starting his brand, Paid to the Order 2. All that and more, Cordell's return now. The Rant has been brought to you by Geo Studios, now open. They are located one block south of Westbury Train Station in the heart of Long Island, New York. Looking to bring your art or event to life? Trying to record a podcast? Enjoy six rooms of studio space to create audio and visual content. It also includes an 800-square-foot cyclorama wall studio, a state-of-the-art recording studio, three breakout rooms for four to six people each, which include a green room and lounges, a quality surround sound with six speakers and studio lighting, and most importantly, two on-site restrooms. You know I need my restrooms. Book your space today. For more information, find us at geoevents.com. The Rant has been brought to you by The Irrefutable Magazine. Co-editor in design Kevin Sparrick and co-editor at large Ralph Fernolis decided to combine both of their talents in writing and illustrations to bring to you a new online experience from an official's perspective. They both ref, but it's deeper than officiating. They create art for all time. Do you think your brand would be a good fit for the Irrefutable Magazine audience? Want to advertise with us? Visit us at theirrefutable.com slash sponsors for more information. We are the Irrefutable. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph DeBref. I'm with a super special guest, part two, The Return. And I want to say that this is super special because we are at the home of this young man. And I can't believe that it has been, first of all, less than a year. And it took one pandemic and 100 episodes later for me to speak to my fellow brother in stripes. Board 119 certified basketball official and... A banker somewhere near you and just chilling, man. And also the CEO of Pay to the Order of, from episode 159, fame, Mr. Cordell Davis. How are you, man? I'm good, man. Happy to be back. Happy to see you. Yeah, man. It's, also, it's always a good time, so. Always a good time. Yeah, and for sure. I said this last time, I, I need to talk to you more. And then I'm like, why do I not? We'll work on that. Right. We'll work on 100%. that. 100%. Two to tango and it's probably my fault. Before we get into that, so okay. just off air, we were just listening to Eminem and reminiscing. Yeah. Two questions I have for you, because we were talking about Renegade, and you played it on Alexa. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite Eminem verse, and what's your favorite Jay-Z album? My favorite Eminem verse? I can't give you a, a verse, but I'll give you the entire Stan song. Stan is crazy. It's just a ridiculously vivid theatrical cinematic song mm-hmm. like I, you, it's a movie in five minutes you were like 13 when it came out too right yeah 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 what's it like being an eighth grader when eminem was popping and i only say that because i was already like in college so it must have been a different experience the um, way you feel eminem the way i feel him it was wild because you don't really understand i didn't really understand eminem until eight mile mm-hmm. 
And and I'm like, yo, this dude is different. Mm-hmm. Like he gets it. He gets it. Like, yo, I'm gonna do my own thing. I'm I'm supremely talented and because of that, nobody around me can tell me anything. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you can't tell me anything because I'm literally the best at what I do. Why right? does he sound weird now? He's rich, super rich, out of touch, probably. Yeah. Yeah. You think it's because the lack of drug use? I think it's just, I think, I think, I think. Because he's like 50? I think affluency does something to you. Yeah. <laughs> it does something. But it's I think a good that's thing. a good trade off. It's a good though. problem. I'll that's take a good trade off. I'll take it in his own. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, my favorite Jay Z album is the Black Album. Why? One, just the production. It's crazy. It was the, so I've only been to one concert in my entire life. You went to the Fade to Black? And it was the Fade to Black. Tour. You were there? I was there. Okay, was, so let me do the math. You were? About 20, 22. About 22. I was working. I was working. You sure you were 22? I was 22 years old when I came out. No. Oh, three? That's when they came out? Yeah. So what was it? Okay, hold on. Alright, so I wasn't working. But it was a, but it, but it was the only it was the only concert I've been to at MSG. Okay. And I remember being I probably wasn't twenty two because I was so innocent that I'm like, yo, how did they get so much weed into <laughs> Yo, that night was crazy. I'm like, yo, how did they how did how did like cause I'm thinking like yo, this metal mm. detectives. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yo, how how did they get so much henny? And and yo, weed into yo, how did everyone know the cards? lyrics? <laughs> like, yeah. how did everyone know the lyrics? So and I'm like, it was it was wild, it was wild. But yeah, it, that's I, the same one when when R. Kelly came out with the white jacket. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. so that's the one. So I'm like, yo, that so black album, the production, Allure. I think is my favorite song mm. all time um, ever. The Allure breaking the law. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that. That's a good song. song. Yeah, it's just, it just it definitely me, sounds like the end credits of a movie for sure. It gets sure. me it gets me I'm I'm I like music. I like anything that that kind of changes or gives me I can feel the emotion mm-hmm. or the vibe of 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 what it's of what the artist was trying to give me at that time and mm-hmm. I think Allure gets me in a very like relaxed like boss place. That's mm-hmm. why I like Rick Ross. I think Rick Ross might be my favorite like artist to listen to because if you like I need like Maybach music fifty two forty like hundred <laughs> like because I'm just I love it I love it. What's your favorite Rick Ross song? What you think Rick Ross's fav- best verses? I'm interested to hear this. I can tell you mine before you go. That verse that he has on Pusha T's album, his last album uh, Daytona, mm-hmm. hard piano, mm-hmm. man. That is that is a uh, full reflection on Rick Ross's. Improvement. Listen, when he first came out with the Port of Miami, yeah. all he would rap is like, and now he's like, diamonds dripping off me, yeah. off of Tiffany's. Uh-huh. There was a market improvement. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love when he talks about the Holyfield estate. I love when he talks about six million in marble, two huh? million in drapes. Huh? I love it. I love it. I love when he talks about Wingstop, uh, checkers, because now you now you teaching in your way. In your way, you're teaching. I love, I love the song "Presidential" off of uh, "God Forgives I Don't." One of my favorite songs. God forgives I don't. What a- <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I mean, you know, I'm I, I wouldn't call myself a music head, but I love music. Like I'm the dude. I'm not 
banging no trap music in my car. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to Neo. I'm chilling. I'm really cooling. I'm, I like R&B. Like, I'm chilling. I like the Neo soul move. I like, I'm listening to Scissor and, and Summer Walker. I'm chilling. I'm really, I'm really chilling. Like, I'm just a low-key vibing kind of guy. Like, I like stuff that lets me think. Well, we're not going to talk about refing at all. I can't um, think, I can't think with uh, 21 Savage playing. I can't. A little dirt. I can't do it. Who's the top R&B artist right now? Top R&B? Mm. Male or female? Or, or Now we're talking about female. Female. Top R&B artist. So I would give... Because the R&B wave is being killed by the whole indie situation. Like, the people, the less you know them, the probably the better they are. What were, what were you going to say? So, Kalani's album got me super prolific. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge... Janae Aiko fan. Okay. I think she's too elementary. I love the vibe though. I feel like she's- And I respect I, I that. Like, I feel like every, when I listen to her, my chakras are good. That like song- my, my aura is super clean. That like. song with her and Kalani <laughs> is fire. I don't know if you know that song. But Kalani seems like she's more fun. Probably. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. I do think the queen is when she's- pro, she, she, She's not prolific enough. Uh-huh. I think SZA got should have the crown. I like Summer Walker. I like Kalani. I like Iko. I like um, SZA doesn't give me enough music. I tell you who the queen I need, is I need though. More music you know who the her. queen is? Tell me. Her. Her is the queen. Hers nice. Hers. Her. Her is super talented. Prolific. On time. Mm-hmm. Great voice. She works too. Yeah. There's music coming out. Like I feel like SZA is the Kendrick of. R&B, you just don't get enough of them. I'll tell you my beef with Kendrick, and I don't think I've ever said this on the rant, but Kendrick is not, he don't get the, he don't get the belt because he's like a CrossFit rapper. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, I'm going to show you I can do 300 pull-ups. <laughs> I like it when he goes, yeah, ho, this a finale. My pep talk turned into a pep rally. That's that. That's that. That undulation yeah. that I want to hear. I don't want to hear. Doot, 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 doot. So how you feel about J Cole? Because I feel like I don't get enough from him as well. Partying is a very important part of being top, and that's why I always will give Jay Z the top because he knows how to make a conscious song. Mm-hmm. He knows how to make a storytelling song. Mm-hmm. He knows how to make a song that make you dance. I think. I think that's why, as much as people don't want to admit it. Drake is the king. How could you not admit it? People people don't want to admit it though. Well, this I'll squash it right now. Right then and there. Drake is so omnipresent. Mm-hmm. He's so ubiquitous mm-hmm. that and I do this purposely. Mm-hmm. I do this as an exper <laughs> a science experiment. Mm-hmm. I think he's so ubiquitous that I purposely try to avoid a song and I still know the words. Yeah. You can't. That's when you know I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. That's on with Chris Brown. This is a this is a perfect example of of why Drake is top. Okay. That's on with Chris Brown. Who's a better Who's a better professionally classically trained singer? Breezy, hundred percent. One hundred percent. But why does Drake body him in that song? Why did I avoid that song for seven months? And then when I heard it for the first time, I was reffing the game during a timeout, and I'm purposely trying to avoid this song. I heard his verse, and I went, "Oh my God, what have I been missing for the seven months?" Have you ever seen the video? I did, yeah. It's Drake, like, he stole that show, too. Yeah. 
It make it, and also like Chris Brown. I don't wanna. It's like it's too much. But Jake, she said, "Got it. He's got that. Yeah, he got it. I don't want to say Genesee Qua, but he, it's the Genesee Qua. He's the it. Genesee Qua. This he's guy. Got the, he's got the it. He's, the, <laughs> he's a star, right? He's just a star. Like you can't deny a star. He's like the John ja Morant of. <laughs> he's just a star. John ja Morant is interesting because once he learns how to harness his power, because mm-hmm. he's not bringing the game to himself." You could tell that he's just doing a whole lot, as we were talking about Drake. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of YOLO shots, yeah. a lot of margarita by the leader. So so the biggest thing, and, and, and this kind of brings us back to, I guess, why we're here, mm-hmm. is the biggest thing I've learned as a ref is that most players don't know how to play basketball. Straight margarita by the leader <laughs> shots. I tell them, I'm like, yo, sometimes they'll, and I'm looking at Wayne here. He's off here. Shout out to Wayne. There's some times where, especially at IG, boy, mm-hmm. they see some move that Harden did. And I see, he did, and they look at me like, where's the foul? I'm not calling a foul because you did not think that play through. No. That is not a foul. Straight YOLO. You're very talented, but you just don't know how to play basketball. And I think, who was it? Um, Somebody was talking about Zion Williamson. It was like, Yo, what's... Like what's gonna what's gonna be what's gonna make Zion Williamson take the biggest jump? It was Gilbert Gilbert Arenas, and he was like, "Yo, once he learns how to play basketball, <laughs> and it makes sense." Right? Yeah, that's like, how talented he is. Like he's so athletic, he's so dominant that he's never had to learn to play basketball. Yeah, and I think it's a it's everything. Like yo, when you're supremely talented at what you do, it kind of makes you not try as hard, not work as hard. Mm-hmm. And that's why sometimes it's better to be the underdog, better to because you're always working. I think it's always better to be the underdog. And I think if you can summon it mm-hmm. in yourself to find an artificial way to recreate that. But that's very hard. Just that's like, why I, but that's why I like I like Dame because he he's not the underdog anymore. He yeah. he, he it. He's him. Um but he, he keep he, it fruit roll up. He, he creates a chip on the shoe. Yeah, he make it artificial keep, with it. He keeps that chip. And that's and that's when you you know, you have to give yourself a reason to mm-hmm. want to be the best. Mm-hmm. And it can't be just money. It can't be. It's got to be like, yo, I got to be the best on this podcast because somebody disrespected me, even if they didn't. You got to make it up. Like, I think about that that uh, story when Shaq said that David Robinson didn't shake his hand. And now 20 years later, he said, yo, that never happened. I just had to create a reason to bust his mm. <laughs> And I'm like, yo, that's. That's life. That's what it is. That's that's where we are, right? You have to give yourself a reason to go out and, and kill every day, mm. no matter what you're doing. Yeah. And if it's not there, if you don't have a chip, you have to manufacture it. <sighs> that's how I feel with this whole... Pop. First of all, how, how, what do you think about this new equipment? It sounds crazy, right? Listen, <laughs> yeah. we've come a long way and I appreciate it because it's like you get to see, you know, the growth. So, yeah, man. So I'm glad that I get a part two. I know that everybody doesn't get a part two. So see, I hate when you make it like that, man. Come on, why you got to say it like that? Everybody doesn't get a part two. Everybody can't get a part two. Some people don't can't get a part one. But you know, I, you mentioned some people tonight that wouldn't even get a part one. It got to be the ratings. I guess the ratings was good. I mean, yo, you my man, and, and like, listen, this is what has always guided me in this show. I do what I want when I want. Facts. You know what I mean? That's what happens when you're the owner. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is. Uh, I always look key. at it like I got a seat at the table with 
NBA, NCAA, and then there's this little terrorist group called Referee Rant. <laughs> I don't know how many people's involved. I don't know when he's doing. I don't know when they're going to strike, but right. here I am. That's here I am. Let's 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 rein it in, okay. man. I'm, okay. I'm happy I'm that I'm here. We got a little of a connection of of all of that stuff, Thanks. but I think what's interesting about Cordell is. Last time we recorded episode 159, I can't believe that I've almost doubled that at the time. So obviously I've been on my grizzly because, you know, at the time, I think also when you popped in, I think I published it March 11th, which was damn near Prime pandemic when it happened. Yeah. And I remember posting it like, damn, none of this stuff even applies right now. But I was happy to to bring your story out, but I can't believe that. There's been a whole cycle, almost a year mm-hmm. since this all happened. So just talking about the coronavirus, how are you holding up? How's your family doing? And when was the moment that you took it serious? Were you in the midst of a game when all this stuff started going down? Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I was actually, when it all went down, I was actually in the middle of a game. And it was just like, do I go? Like, do I do I ref this? Like, what do I do? It was almost to the point where, like, you know, the refs are ready to Throw on gloves and masks and and hand sanitize everything, but you know, it was more so the fear than the understanding of what it actually was. We were just trying to understand what was going on, um, and we didn't right. And I, I'm not quite sure we still do, but yeah, we that's just what it was. So then it all quickly came to an end. They're like, "Yo, we're not games are shut down. Everything's locked in. We're not. We're not." playing basketball anymore so you know it was a very quick transition period and 10 months later here we are Mm. well I want to go back to those moments Mm -hmm. so for me I read the New York Times and I read the Washington Post and I kind of was hip to that this was happening and I think it's the hubris of the United States that we were saying man we from America and I ain't gonna happen to us now were you in that camp were you aware that this was going down and then like kind of prepared it mentally because, you know, just from talking off air, your experience at Chelsea, Mm -hmm. when you were telling me that you had a game and Mm -hmm. then your partner was masked up, gloved up. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, just trying to treat it like it's a normal game with normal circumstances. Like, were you hip that like, okay, this might be, did you think, were you aware in your mind that this could be the last game that I'm doing for a considerable amount of time? So, Okay, so I, I distinctly remember the day Kobe died. In Kobe was the obviously the the headline. Yeah, right? Kobe Kobe Bryant passes, and in a very small, very small, like caption on the side where nobody would see it, it says coronavirus reaches comes to L.A. Like, What's this? Wall Street Journal. This was the Wall Street Journal. I and, knew it. And it How saying, did I know? And it was saying that the coronavirus, the first case hit LA, right? Now you got a whole front page spread of Kobe Bryant, deservingly, and then a very small afterthought about the coronavirus. And so th- I think, you know, that kind of goes to show how we, you know, how we felt about it at mm-hmm. the time, right? It's a microcosm. And now... It's the headline. It's been the headline for the the last eleven months. Every day, all day, coronavirus took a little bit of a break for the for the for the election, but for the last eleven months, it's been the biggest thing that we've ever seen, and it's been the most destructive thing I think that 
any of us has ever seen. Thank God I haven't been personally affected or me or my immediate family, but you know, I'm, I'm very sympathetic to the, what, probably millions of people who have. So I think that's, that, that's the issue is that because we haven't all seen it close up, you know, you think like, Oh, it might not be that serious, but there's people that's struggling. Oh yeah. Every day. There's, there's somebody getting evicted. There's somebody right. that lost a parent. There's somebody that lost their job. So I think, All three. Right. So I think my biggest thing about it now is like, okay, yeah, I'm probably strong enough. Even if I get it, it probably won't mm. kill me. But what about my parents? What about my grandparents? What about the little old lady at the grocery store? Yeah. If I don't wear my mask. So mm. I, I don't, I don't want to be that guy. Mm. Um, so I think that's what makes it, makes me take it more serious. But also I think big picture, right? It It's, it's affecting everything else. And not even from a medical standpoint, it's affecting the economy. It's affecting as a big play on politics, as a big play on infrastructure and, and all that stuff. Commercial real estate. What are we going to do about that? Because, you know, we're in New York City. New York City is all commercial real estate, right? So what happens? Like, all right, yeah, I might be good now. But if the whole infrastructure of the city falls because nobody is leasing these buildings, it's going to affect me at some point. So so that's I think that's the ripple effect that we don't pay attention to. Or I think the, the, the average person doesn't pay attention to mm-hmm. that. You probably should. Yeah. And for everybody, on behalf of Referee Rant, we still implore you to stay safe, social distance, wash your hands at all times. And if you're going to gather, make sure that you're safe as possible. You know, this whole time, well, let's get back into Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the whole racial injustice thing, which is crazy because it's like that George Floyd thing. That was like 40 tragedies ago now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the microcosm of how crazy this year is. And you talk about Kobe Bryant. Mm Mm-hmm. Even before that, David Stern died. So it's been tragedy upon tragedy yeah, upon tragedy yeah. Oh, yeah, upon tragedy. Yeah, you know, like if you, Uncle Murder every year gives his like year wrap up. They gonna have to. Yeah, he gonna he gonna have yeah. to do four extra hours. Yeah, it's gonna be big because you know twenty twenty's really been. It's it's been one for the record books, mm. right? Like it's gonna be one of those years that as we age, we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna sit on our porch. And like, you're gonna have to really, you're gonna have to really, you're gonna talk about it. It's because it's 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 something that you haven't seen before. I think it's given a lot of people a wake up call. The people, the people who get through 2020 securely, is a wake up call to say like, yo, you're not as secure as you think you are. Mm. That uh, I remember in uh at the in the credit song of of College Dropout, when when Kanye is talking about his interaction with Dame and he's saying, yo, if you don't have an umbrella, you're gonna get wet, right? <laughs> like like. That's that's what twenty twenty was. Like yo, yeah, when things are good, you need to be preparing for when they get bad because it's gonna come quick and it's gonna it's gonna hit you hard. I think a lot of times people think that good times last forever. Twenty twenty was the example that it doesn't. So, you know, but at the same time, right? Not to sound like a a full on commie, right? But like twenty twenty also offered a lot of opportunity to get right. Right, um, in more than one way, I think people need to. For me personally, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to talk about what people should do. Or for me, what it gave me the opportunity to do was to understand one. There's no good. There's no bad. There's just life, and if you're living, right, you're gonna have your fair share of good and bad. What I try to do is stay very much even keel through those times and see the opportunity 
in each, right? When things are good, it gives me a time to, right, be a, a squirrel and store up acorns, right? When it gets bad, right, those acorns, right, might turn into an opportunity to buy the whole tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's just me. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. In terms of all of the racial injustice that has happened, did you participate in any of the rallies or? I didn't. I didn't. And I think that's just, but I'm, I was very much sympathetic with what was going on. And what I tried to, because I being in the field of banking, I understand that for me, the marching, the protesting was more of a symbolic thing. But what it really all came down to and, and what the emphasis was really on and what I think would afford the most change was the economic, right? So, all right, if we're fighting for the black lives, if we're fighting for racial equality, it was, for me it was more about the dollar, understanding where my dollar went, understanding where my dollar was spent, and using the dollar, right, which I think is also very idiosyncratic because right on the dollar you have all these white faces but but it's the key to black equality that was (laughs) (laughs) damn harriet tubman is coming soon on the 20 dollar bill this whole time of coronavirus economic downfall Uh people losing their lives realizing that there's an opportunity racial injustice us being frustrated sure. day in, day out of everything. What do you think you learned about yourself during this whole time of the coronavirus? Is that a lot of people want a lot of things, and I'm, I'm speaking for myself, but are you willing to do what's necessary to change your situation? You want a lot. You want a lot. You want to do a lot. You want to see yourself in a certain position, but... Are you are you willing to do what it takes to actually get there? And and I think what a lot of people realize, what I realize is that most most times you aren't, and it it takes some real inward looking and some real truth telling about yourself to to understand that I'm not who I want to be, and I'm and the person that I am is not going to afford me the opportunity to be who I want to be. And I think, right, if you extrapolate that to the larger population, you realize that we aren't willing to do what might be necessary for us to get where we want to be. And it's going to take a lot of organizing. It's going to take a lot of people looking inward, right, delayed gratification to for us to actually get that equality or that change, that we're looking for. I think what the issue, for me, the issue is that people look at the big picture, um, the macro, and if everyone could kind of just put their focus on the micro, worry about your family, worry about your community, worry about your friends, then that will kind of ripple out outward. I completely agree with that. And just to piggyback that statement, some people ask me, What do I think I attribute my success to referee rent is I don't look too far ahead. Mm -hmm. I just worry about what I got to do today. So today that was on the docket. Cordell Davis on the (laughs) podcast. I'm not worried about anything else now. 
Shout out to Rob Moses. I, I published his podcast today, and we're taping this on December 18th, December 18th right? Today is the 18th, yeah. I, I got to remember, tomorrow's my mother's birthday, so happy birthday, Ma. Yeah, and I see now I got to post this soon. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yo, you know what it is? I don't know. Have you ever listened to the podcast Serial? Well, Serial was like one of the most popular podcasts of all time. That really put the battery in my back to start doing this podcast thing for real, man. And, um, you know, I'm really excited to speak to you because, like, I can't believe that it's been just a pandemic. It's been less than a year. Yeah, less than a year. Since the last time. And But it's crazy that it's been almost a year, though. Like, But it, it hasn't right. even been a year. Yeah, right, right, right. But it seems like an eternity, right? It's crazy. And last time I saw you, you weren't a homeowner. And our identity are, is referees. Like, I know you as a ref. You know me as a ref. And, like, we obviously share common interests outside of refing. Sure. Just talk about how different, what changes have you gone through, just personally. And just talk about your experience refing during this time. Yeah. For me, the pandemic has been pretty interesting, Ron. So I'm working 100% from home now. Is that good or bad for you? I love it. One, It just wasn't an opportunity that I was going to have. So... It was good for me at my point in my career because I had the connections. I had the network where it would transcend a personal face-to-face. I do feel bad for, like, you know, some of my younger employees and things like that because they don't have an opportunity to kind of, like, build that rapport. But, you know, for me personally, it doesn't affect that, and and I think it's a good place. It gives me some flexibility. It gives me opportunity to enjoy my, my home. But I I do understand, you know, the ramifications of not being face to face with the people that you're trying to press every day because so much so much of getting ahead um, is you know that face to face connection. Um, so that's that. But I, I love it personally. Selfishly, I love it. I, I love being home. I love the whole. I'm a millennial, so I love you know being on my computer and and, and doing things that way, uh, the Zoom and all that stuff. Refing. You know, for six months out of the nine was kind of non-existent. Then summer came and, you know, we're outside and people are a little bit more comfortable. And, you know, there's money to be made. So people are going to throw games and throw tournaments and stuff. So, you know, once I'm, if I'm, when I'm called, you know, I'm one of those people. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get the paper. So I'm going to go ref. But <laughs> it was different. Um, I hadn't read, a, I'm, I'm, I'm honest, right? I haven't, I didn't look at my book. I didn't, I didn't. Talk, ain't nothing, listen, no. ain't nothing wrong with that because, <laughs> I mean, that's just, it, it. it's not the priority right, right now. So, so first game back, shaky. But um, you also realize, you know, it was it was a little bit like, all right, I got this. It's like riding a bike. And once you get back into it, you're into it and it's good to go. Uh, so that was cool. But here we are, bought a house during that time. So, like, that's, that's when, when I talk about the opportunities, right? One. This, the, the whole house, the house was financed by the whistle, right? Like, like me being able to to grind when coronavirus wasn't around and and do things like that allowed me to put enough money away to, to buy the house. But also think about right when the coronavirus, the whole you know the the, the Fed, the Treasury was trying to help, so they dropped interest rates lower than they've ever been. It allowed me to you know buy the house, so it's an opportunity, right? So I'm not thankful for the pandemic but i'm thankful for the environment that the pandemic created that allowed me to do some things that i probably wouldn't have been able to do otherwise so so i guess when they say you know there's a silver lining the silver lining was that you know it allowed me to do some great things for myself and for my family 
we talk about that book, Think and Grow Rich, often, mm-hmm. me and you. Mm-hmm. There's this line that, you know, that book is so important to me. It's so on time, every time, at all times, yep. because honestly, I think you could either be in a point in your life where, like, you might be lost and you can revisit it, sure. or if the first time you read it, <laughs> you'll get everything out of it. And maybe I'm paraphrasing it incorrectly, but they say in that book, every negative situation always brings a positive benefit towards that. There's a negative, there's a positive seed. Mm -hmm. And I I truly feel like the coronavirus is something that falls under that category. You know, just being in the finance world, what advice would you give somebody just in terms of finance during this whole time of like waiting for a stimulus bill, getting an unemployment, I've been in unemployment for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, from, okay, from my finance, I'm gonna put on my finance hat. I'm sure people have heard about saving up for an emergency, right? Having a rainy day fund. They never did it, right? Because they never thought it was going to rain. Coronavirus shows you when it rains, it rains hard, right? So having that three to six months of uh, salary saved up, do that. Have that um, because you never know when you're going to need it. Also, right, if you're an investor, um, for people who are in the market, active in the market, the coronavirus pandemic has been a very good time because, right, when March 23rd hit and that market, the bottom of that market dropped out and all your favorite companies were on sale for like 75% off, right? If you bought, if you had, if you, if you were in a good position to buy at that time, you're, you're in a good place right now. And if you weren't and you're getting back on your feet now, um, it's one of those situations where you need to be, you need to understand, right? So I remember I graduated college in 2009. That's when the, the, the market dropped out for mortgages, the whole mortgage-backed securities and things of that nature dropped out. And I remember Apple, Apple stock being $99, right? And I, I'm fresh out of college. I don't have any, I don't have any money, but I'm like, yo, if, if, if this ever happens again and I can buy Apple at $99, I'm going to be ready. I remember having that foresight and it took 10 years. It took 10 years, but I got Apple at 99. <laughs> so, <laughs> So it's just about having foresight. How much you cop that day? Uh, no, yeah, yeah, about you. Uh, let's just say you ten, was about ten games worth. You was ready. <laughs> I was ready. You was ten games <laughs> worth. This referee of you, <laughs> about ten IGs worth. No, no, no. I, I was ready. I was ready. Um, because because I understood. I understood what was about to happen, mm-hmm. and I understood what was gonna happen, and I understood that you know historically the market always goes up, right? And 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 I remember my. 23-year-old self saying, yo, 22. Like, yo, this was this was the moment you were waiting for. You said it. You said it. This is what you're waiting for. So it wasn't like I had a whole bunch of money laying around, but I found it. I got it. You know, I I created a whole brand to get more of it because you was just like, yo, you got to, this is it. Like, this is it. And you only, as an investor, as a finance guy, and I, and I think I've, I, I was raised as much by, finance as anything else right like i would attribute in every black house you have jesus and martin luther king i would have to put james pierpart morgan um <laughs> on, on on mine because because he raised me right i at the school i was i worked at jp morgan and i was on the trading desk and and those guys raised me i was I, the whole wolf of wall street shark tank stuff like boiler room like i was in that and and it, it really did make me the person that i am today because 
I understand that right when Wu Tang said cash rules everything around me, they were not lying. And it's bigger than you understand, right? Like everything that happens, even down to the coronavirus, is is a money thing, right? Like there's money behind it. It might not be, it might the origin might not be money. The 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 antagonist might not be money. Check out Pfizer stock. Check out check out Moderna stock. All the people who are doing the the vaccine. Check out DoorDash's IPO. Check out Airbnb, their IPO. Because nobody wants to go to a hotel anymore. They'd rather feel secure, uh, uh, Airbnb. Check out, I mean, it's, it's money. It's money. So going back to the whole racial injustice thing, I think the, the reason that we don't get what we get or do what we want to do is because we don't understand money fully or as well as everyone else does. I wish that I can have this moment for life. <laughs> I got a whole bunch of thoughts with what you're saying. First of all, like, you know, shout out to you. First of all, shout out to your cousin, <laughs> Desmond. Desmond, where are you at, son? He's, he's, yo, he's where around. are you? He's around. He's. I miss I miss being around him, man. Hit him up. That's a guy. I just love him. He's like, you ain't in your rule book. <laughs> all right, Desmond. All right. You know I do 10 sports, right? <laughs> you know I do girls, too, right? This is the man, though. Shout out to big homie. Yeah, man. Shout out to Desi. I'm sure he'll be on the show. I, w- I did want to talk about, so you got your hoodie on, pay to the order of, yeah, and yeah. you are the CEO. You started your own brand and, mm-hmm. you know, remind you of that checkbook, that little buttoned up corporate <laughs> feel. Talk about how you came up with that concept and, you know, ultimately seeing it through from soup to nuts right. development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it came about because, you know, all you heard about on social media, all you heard, everybody during the pandemic, you know, stimulus, whether it was stimulus, whether it was PPP, whether it was PUA, you know, everybody, you know, was talking about getting getting to their bag, getting a check, right? Getting their paper. But then on the other side, on the other side, you got people talking about, you know, what? Do, how are we going to use um, the pandemic to better ourselves, to self-love, uh, mental health, mental uh, awareness, so I was thinking about how could I combine the two, right? And when people think of pay to the order of, when they think about value, um, they think monetarily. But but I think one thing that the pandemic showed is that there's so much more value that we we have, right? So, you know, using the idea that everybody understands about a check, saying, look, pay to the order of and, and making it customizable, making letting people put their, their their vision board on their back, letting them be able to wear their value, right? So all of the stock, right? Some of the stock pay to the order of that I have, right, is pay to the order of black excellence, which is like our bestseller. Then it's pay to the order of the culture, which I'm wearing now. Pay to the order of love, respect, healing, change, right? And and those are things that just were people were feeling, right? It has nothing to do with money, right? It's, it's pay to the order of, right? When, when we talk about cultural appropriation and how valuable black people are and, 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 our, and our contribution to culture, pay to the order of the culture, right? You owe us, pay us, right? Cut, cut that check, right? Pay to the order of black excellence. Yo, everything that we do, we love, right, was influenced somehow, some way by black people, right? So pay us, right? Pay, pay us what you owe. Like going back to Jay-Z talking about pay, F you pay me, right? So I think that was the catalyst behind Pay to the order of. I wanted to give people an opportunity 
to very forwardly say what is valuable to them and, and, and that they were expecting to be compensated for their contribution, whatever their contribution was, whether, whether it was love, respect, um, the culture, black excellence. You know, I've had a, I've, it's become a brand that's allowed brand, other brands to brand. So a lot of businesses hit me up and like, yo, I want to put my brand on your brand, pay to the order of, I have a friend who's, if you think I'm a, uh, I'm a, I'm a financial dynamo. Uh, I have one of my guys that I went to high school with, his name is Bradley Everett and he runs Everett Capital. It's a, it's a financial firm that, that, that he started. Black He's a ref, Rose. isn't he? He is a ref. He is a I ref. know. I met Bradley. And, Yo, and, Bradley, shout out to Bradley. We went to, and this is before I got hip to the girl's side. We were both doing a men's camp, and they both talked to us. They like, this is the first time I've seen two people at a camp that got facial hair. Y'all don't want to be hired, do you? I was looking at Bradley. And Bradley had the freeway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He had the Cordell mm-hmm. Davis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he came through with, he came through right when I started the brand. Like, yo, look, this is, this is dope. And I want to brand, I want to use your brand to market my brand. Right. And he came through and he hit me with the crazy order. And, and, right. Here's why. Because when I started it, it was paid to the order of in the memo on the back. Right. So he came through, he got his paid to the order of order. Right. And just for financial awareness. Right. Because this is what I'm about. The memo of the check that he gave me was for employee uniforms. So that order that he gave me to support, right, black-owned business to support his friend was completely tax deductible because it was for his business, right, for employee uniforms. So it was just like he understood. He got it. He got he got, he 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 understood. He got it, and I, that was that was super fulfilling for me. God damn, <laughs> you could get me in touch with Bradley, right? I got you one hundred percent. I will do that all fair, man. <laughs> I did want to ask you, so everything, you know, it's really weird because I feel like we more loose, but it's worse now. Yeah. And we're a week before Christmas and listen, happy holidays to everyone. When do you think this is all going to get back to normal? And I'm interested to hear this because I know like you're a very Mm -hmm. rational person. You're not unrealistic when it comes to these things. When do you think that, uh, when do you think we're going to be ref and when do you think everything's going to be like? Okay. Um, I think the biggest thing, one, manage your expectations. Normal as we knew it, I, I think it's gone. I don't think it's, I don't think it's, it might be years, multiple years before like you're even outside without a mask on in public, like in a public place. I think, you know, say what you want about the vaccine. I think once, once we're fully inoculated with the vaccine, then maybe, you know, things go back to. That ain't going to be anytime right, soon. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> because of a general distrust Whatever we want. How do you feel? Are you Tuskegee uh, with it? I'm not. I'm not bold enough to say, yo, I'm not taking it, even if it costs me my job. If my job says, yo, it's mandatory, eh, you with it? I, yeah. What am I do? You want? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> says the guy that doesn't work at a bank. <laughs> so it's like, yo, you know, I might. You, you, you'll do what you gotta do, but but as long as it's optional, I'm I'm probably gonna opt out. Okay. Yeah. I respect that, man. Yo, man, this has been great to catch up. Any final words you want to say before we part ways? No, nah, I definitely want to just say that, yo, I'm I'm very appreciative to have a part two. And uh, Here we go. No, 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 no. no Here we no, go. No shade, no nothing. I'm, I'm happy that you're at a place where you're able to do a part two and you're giving me an opportunity to do it, right? And I'm just happy to see you. 
with everything that we've seen over the course of the last nine months, mm. I think a lot of times we take it for granted that you're going to see your brother again. I think the real the real of it is that tomorrow really isn't promised. Mm. Um, so I think I, I, it's a very real thing for us to be able to sit here and have a conversation about, you know, even if it didn't go as expected, right? We we didn't, we barely talked about reffing, but I think that's, that's because... Reffing don't exist. I think that's because, right? And I think we're just happy to be here. And, and I think that's that's the one thing that if I would say anything to everybody that's listening, yo, just you know, tell people you love them, right? Because you don't know if you're going to get that opportunity again. Mm. Respect that. We, we shouted out a whole bunch of people <laughs> and you're going to tell me some things off air, Thanks. man. And I feel like the conversation that we're about to have off air is going to be like part sure. seven, but there will be a part three. I'm so thankful that you're in my life. I'm so thankful that you're good, well, uh, thriving. You have a, a beautiful house, thank man. You, thank you, thank you. I wish you continued success. You have a beautiful soul, man. And Appreciate I, that. I look forward going back to you, uh, refing sometime and yeah, of um, of getting course. back to it, man. But for Cordell Davis, this is Ralph the Ref. This is the Ramp. We are signing out. Peace. Peace.